welcome, welcome online. We're, uh, again, we've had some technical difficulty with the computer going down, so we got. Um, hopefully, you'll be able to hear some of this. Uh, the video gets better, I think, with this little setup, but the sound gets worse. So we're gonna. Hopefully, you can hear. Um, I, fe- I felt like if I had time, I really want to address something <laughs> that the Lord's been like. You never ever had the Lord just kind of put His finger on you for something in your life and you start realizing um, you're like have this moment of revelation and so you know since he was putting his finger on me I just figure I'd share that you know finger you know put the finger on you a little bit too it's really something I feel like the Lord's doing across the body of Christ really Um, and he just he's been highlighting this word preference like when we come a lot of times when we come to him or we come to church or we come to this place sometimes we come with our preference and I feel like we're missing out on what the Lord is doing a lot of times with preference because preference a lot of times will kind of breed criticalness in our in our spirit and it's kind of funny I kind of shared this a couple of weeks ago I kind of started out the morning but I don't know how many people heard it but then I think half of, uh, our our video feed got cut off so because I kind of wanted to bring it back to you it's funny the other day I was studying and a lot of times I'll just get up in the morning to study in bed, if I'm, especially if I'm speaking. And, and so I, ha- I always study with worship on it. It's just I, I love background worship when I'm studying. And, and so I was getting into this place, and all of a sudden this song came on that I just didn't particularly like. Anybody got a few of those in your... I mean, it's, a good, I mean, it's worship, but it's just not something I like. So I kind of skipped it, and I kind of I turned it to this... Um, um, it was a video that... Uh, a prominent church that I like to listen to. And so I turned it on, and it was kind of the full broadcast of their worship service. And so I flipped it on that, and I was like, well, I'll just listen to the worship. Well, before worship comes on, they have these two people that get up there and kind of start the, you know, start the meeting off. And they're kind of in the background, like everything else is getting ready. And, and it was kind of funny, the, it, this lady and this man just start off, and they're kind of like, you know, super excited, uber excited, like just real kind of glowy and showy and stuff like that. And, and I started getting kind of like irritated. <laughs> Again, I was like, I just turned it off a song I didn't like. And now, now I'm like listening to this, you know, they're, they're, they're starting off the service and this, that, and the other. And, and all of a sudden the Lord asked me a question. He's like, Mitch, what are you doing? You ever had the Lord ask you a question like that? <laughs> what are you doing, Mitch? And I was like, um, do it, should I answer a religious answer, or should I give you the re- reality? And, and man, before too long, I just, I just got to this place. Where I was like, man, what, what am I doing? I'm like, here's a guy and a gal sitting there declaring Jesus. They were declaring testimonies of God's goodness in his kingdom, like healing testimonies and stuff. And it was funny. I was like, I wasn't able to enter in because of my preference. I wasn't able to enter in because I got critical of how they were doing it, of how they were expressing it, because it wasn't the way I would express it. It wasn't the way I'd do it. You know, of course, we all have the best way to do it, right? Anybody have the best way to do it in here? All right, man, come on now. I think every hand needs to be up. Come on. Everybody has the best way to do it. I mean, if you get married, if you have kids, you have the best way of rearing the kids, right? Right? I have a better way to do it. She thinks she has the best way to do it. And you know what? It's usually in the middle somewhere. Right? 
But the Lord kept, kept his finger on that. And, um, you know, it was kind of this place that, you know, I think sometimes we get in this place of we miss opportunities to enter into his presence and his spirit. And it was kind of funny. The Lord just said, he started highlighting. He's like, and it's funny. As soon as I just repented, I just said, God, for, I mean, as soon as he asked that question, I said, I just repented. I said, God, forgive me. Forgive me for like getting my own preference, my own thoughts and opinions out there in front of what you were doing. And it was amazing. I, I started listening again. You know what? I entered in. I was saying yes and amen to those testimonies. Man, we were just sharing the, king, the, the goodness of God right before me, and I was missing the goodness of God right before me. And so I just encourage you. When you, you know, it's just something I just feel like God wants to do in our culture. I think, I think the election and just all the craziness with you know, cancel culture, all the things that were going on with you know, just out there, there's so much opinion, so much preference, so much of that. You, I don't think it's a kingdom principle. I think what, you know, being able to lay our thoughts, rights, opinions down and really just take on his. Now, again, I don't want you to get in a place where I can't ever challenge something or I can't ever discern something. That's not what you're trying to take away. You're trying to get off this place of, well, that's not my favorite worship leader up there this week. You know, I'm, I don't know if I can enter in or they're not playing the right, my song. Uh, they're not playing, you know. Uh, I wish I wish I, I wish there was a different speaker up there and Mitch today, you know. <laughs> you know, we just get in those preferences and all of a sudden we miss the word of God. We miss the worship of God. We miss the kingdom of God right before us. And so I don't know. It's just something he put on my heart. That's freebie. That's like a commercial. We're not going fully there uh this morning, but it was cool that I started um you know, there's kind of a couple I just, I just tested it out. There's a, there's a worship leader I don't really preferably like, very like kind of more like go get it after it, this, that, and the other. And not, and here. not here. Joe, sorry. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> not here. <laughs> Thank you for my wife. <laughs> I love all of our worship leaders. Um, so, but it was funny. I, I just started going back and listening to that person. And you know what? My heart changed. I, I started enjoying that the worship they, they were doing. And uh, it was just funny. It was like, all right, Lord, like, take me to a different place. Like, when I come in, when I come into a place that I, my thoughts, opinions, and figuring out what everything should be, shouldn't be, could be, I just lay those down. And I just worship the king and enjoy him and enjoy what they're declaring. All right. Um, because, you know, I think one other thing, because I, I think I lost a lot of truth. I mean, I lost a lot of truth in, the, in my thinking I was discerning through something, and it was really just preference. It was really just, you know, I just had to lay that down um, because I want his wisdom and I want his discernment, and I, I need those in, those in those moments and times. All right, on for the message. All right, y'all good with that? <laughs> Do you feel the finger? <laughs> uh, anyway, that's what the Lord has done uh, in me these last couple of weeks. The Lord's just been putting that on my heart. Um, hope you had a good St. Patrick's Day. Um, we celebrated with a, uh, Mr. O'Reilly uh, in, in his, <laughs> his, 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 his O'Reilly uh, uh, 
O'Reilly loves St. Patrick's Day. You know, it doesn't need to be re- it doesn't need to be revamped because somehow it got to become just this drinking and going all out on partying day. But man, St. Patrick, if you go listen to his testimony, uh, Tulia has been preaching that. You know, and he's the man. He was a missionary. He was he laid down his life like he left it all. You know, so I just encourage you to go back and find that story. That's a good one. So we're going to continue in our step uh, this morning. Our step in missions. Uh, in our mission, uh, and we started it last week in terms of the body of believers. And so, oh man, I think I have my clicker on. Uh, oh, there it is. It's hiding. Got the clicker this morning. Let's see if it, it is not working. Do I need to turn it on, Michael? There we go. Sorry. Let's see if this works. All right, I'll keep clicking, and y'all tell me when it comes on. Um, so we started into this mission statement, right, that we've been kind of working on, you know, that dwelling place exists to be a body of believers led by the Holy Spirit. All right, there we go, to advance the kingdom of God in the NRV and beyond. And so we kind of got started on this um, a couple of weeks ago uh, we, we started talking about a little bit about kingdom, and then we, last week we talked about body. And I want to just kind of finish that up. And if you don't have notes, um, Mary has notes. And if you can throw me one set of notes. No, no. Raise your hand if you don't have notes. Sorry. They're the same notes as last week. So if you do have notes from last week, feel free to get those back out. And we talked about, you know, really, I've really been able to connect with this vision because it, or this mission because it's what Jesus did, right? The IWJD, it's what Jesus did. You know, he, when he came to this earth, he, first thing he did is gather, uh, when he started the ministry, call of life, uh, in, call of ministry in his life, he gathered people around him, the disciples around him, and got a group of believers, and then he empowered them to be led by the Holy Spirit. He was led by the Holy Spirit. Uh, that's what it declares in the Word, that he, even the first thing he did in ministry was being led out by the Spirit into the wilderness. And then he, what did he do? Everywhere he went, he advanced the kingdom of God. Everywhere he went, the kingdom of God is at hand, he declared. And so we talked a little bit about that, and I don't want to go back over that because I wanna really want to finish up this uh, talk. But he really, the foundation was relationship. You know, I was thinking about it. Why, you know, I said it last week. Why did, why did Jesus... Why, I mean, God, Jesus is God, right? Jesus is the Son of God. Why does he need people? Why did he, need, why did he get a group of people around him? He could have just gotten crowds. He could have just done all the glorious, amazing things. Uh, he could have still done all those things. But why did he do that? Because he, he wanted to establish foundation of relationship. Like, ministry, it, it, the reality is it's relationship. It was relationship with those disciples, those men and women that were gathered around him. He invested his life into, and they invested their life into him, and, 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 and vice versa. And so that's what it really it means to be a body of believers. I really, really believe is this place of this, this continual investment. Lord, I'm investing in the brothers and sisters, and they're investing in me. And, and we're going to kind of break that out and talk about that uh, today. But um, really, it's this place that God's called the, the ecclesia. It's kind of what Ben Bradford has always been declaring to us, the church. You know, this gathering of men and women uh, to, uh, into a body. Of, uh, and we're believing uh, that 
as we are drawn into that body that God's going to do an exceeding and abundant work. And so we kind of talked about last week, I'll just kind of flip through these. The body, obviously we talked about the first three on that on your notes. The body is the fullness. If I want fullness, does everybody want fullness in here? We kind of ask that question. Anybody want fullness? I, ho- I hope you want fullness, right? I think we all want fullness. Well, if I want fullness, then I really have to answer the next question is, then do I need the body of Christ? Because according to this scripture, I have to have the body of Christ. There's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, fullness dwells in the body. Uh, the scripture, he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him, Jesus, as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. And we talked about that last week. I don't want re- You can go back and catch that on the... The, the YouTube channel if you want. But I just encourage us, if I want fullness, then I want the body. And that's why the enemy is always trying to divide the body or destroy your heart for the body or destroy your interactions with people in the body. Because if he can get you out of the body, then he knows that you can't really have fullness. And that's a, that's, that's a tough thing. Like If I want fullness, I need Jesus and I need the body. And I need a spirit walking in those together with it. All right, uh, we also talked about the body is God's household, or he's, it's, it's also a dwelling place in the spirit. Um, you know, we talked about it. then you're no longer strangers or aliens, you're fellow citizens with the saints, you are of God's household. We're brothers and sisters, we're of the same house. You know, that, you know that's why we got to ask the Lord, you know, even, that's why would he just try to destroy family? Why would he destroy even your ability to have you know, true family, like, like biological family? Why? Because I think it then spills over into being able to enjoy the household of God, being able to be brothers and sisters. It tries to interact with that. And so God's all about redeeming that, all about restoring that. Uh, that song that we sang, I love that. Um, that last song we were singing, uh, there was a line in there, you know, all, all that's lost will be found in him. All that's lost that I could have in, in church life or family life can be found in him. can be found in him. Um, having been built on the foundation of the apostles, prophets, Christ Jesus being the cornerstone, I love this, in whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord in whom you also are being built together into a dwelling place in the Spirit. And so we talked about that last week. And then the last one was the body is his mouthpiece to the world in heavens. We're just going through Ephesians. If you weren't last, here last week, if, if Paul really makes five big declarations about the church, about his body, about his bride. All those are kind of used interchangeably. But he makes five, five declarations, proclamations that I really want to, I wrote down. He, he has five power-packed proclamations Paul proclaimed, right, in these five different uh, arenas. Don't say that five times too fast. Uh, but these, these power-packed proclamations are, are all through Ephesians, and, and we're just going to go through each of them, um, or the last two of them. But this third one was, so that the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known through the who? Church. Church. Us, the ecclesia. It's who, it's, it's, the wisdom of God is now being proclaimed to the church, and it's not only to the world, but it says to the what? to the rulers and authorities in heavenly places. Like, we're supposed to impact the spiritual dynamic even in the, into the heavenlies. That's, that's our position as a church, as a body. That's the power of the church. 
Um, and even the, the last scripture we talked about, well, I want to go back to actually this one. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose. That's the, last, that's the next verse says, I didn't say that last week. This was in accordance with the eternal purpose which he carried out in Christ Jesus. The church has an eternal purpose to declare into the heavenlies the kingdom of God, bringing heaven to earth, right? You know, Matthew 6, you know, praying his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven, heaven to earth, you know, declaring that. That's our that's our place. And I wanted to kind of start this morning kind of where I left off, Matthew 16, 18. This was the last scripture in that uh, point. And it says, and I also say to you, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. That's the power of the church, right? It says the gates of hell, gates of Hades, will not prevail against the church. He's building, he's building it upon a rock, and it will not get prevailed upon uh, by the gates of Hades. And even after that, it says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Who's getting the keys of the kingdom? You individually, like on your own, kind of as a hermit in Christ? No. The keys of the kingdom are being given to the church, the, the body, the fullness of the body. Now, you might get some keys while you're in the body, and you'll be able to share them, empower people with those. But I really believe that God's saying, I'm giving the keys of the kingdom to the church. And he's going to be unlocking some things. I really believe over this next season as we talk about, you know, being led by the Spirit, as we talk about body of believers, led by the Holy Spirit, advancing the kingdom, God's going to give us some really critical keys that he's going to be unlocking. And it's not going to be just from maybe somebody sharing up here. It's going to be from the body. I really believe it's in the body of Christ that these keys are there. And whatever you bind on, in heaven, whatever uh, shall be bound, whatever you loose on earth, it shall be bound in heaven. So I just encourage you. That's, there's power in the body of Christ. All right. Let me get to the fourth point so we can kind of get land somewhere today. All right. Let's go. Um, the body is a place for un- unity, building, maturing, and growth. And if you see on your, your notes... There's just a ton under this scripture, and we're just going to kind of make our way through it in Ephesians 4. Um, So we've been through Ephesians 1, 2, and 3. This is Ephesians 4. And it says, And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors, and some as teachers, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry to the building up of the body of Christ. All right, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time because we're going to probably come back at a later date and really talk more about the fivefold and just that ministry. Um, a couple of people, uh, even Leanne kind of talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago and just talked about really that th- these are just gifts that the bri- that God has left the, the bride to be, right? Remember, we're a bride of Christ, and these are gifts to empower and to encourage and to build up the bride, right? Um, and so I'm not going to stay on that, but it's interesting. It says, for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And this is one of the core values of dwelling place. Who, who, who does the work of the ministry? Oh, one person that stands up here or a couple people that stand up here and, and preach, preach the gospel, right? No, like the work of the saints to do the ministry. So that makes all of us, right, ministers of the kingdom. Ministers of His Holy Spirit, ministers everywhere we're going, everywhere we're doing. So, uh, 
I, I want to put some pressure on you. I don't want to put this pressure like I've got to go save the world per se. I want to, but I do want to put this reality that it's not about this person up here or people up here. Or I mean, it is and isn't. The reality is they're just doing what God's empowered them to do. But God's empowered all of us to be ministers of the gospel, ministers of his kingdom, ministers of his kingdom, right? So I just want to encourage you. That's just a, a foundation. And I love this because what happens when, when, we're, when we are as a body or equipped, when we're, when we're built up, look what happens. All these things happen. Until we all obtain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. You know, there's this reality that God's bringing unity. Uh, he's building up this place. Um, uh, let me get to that part of the notes. I keep skipping pages as I talk. Um, but I love this in Colossians 3.14. You can put this one in there. I don't think I put it up there, but I love this. It says, beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed we were called to one body. There's this place that we were, we were called to unity. We're, and, and the reality is, how do, you, how do you get unity? Put on love, right? Put on love. So there's this facet of, as really, the fivefold is really just equipping us to love, to love one another, to empower us in, in, our, in the giftedness that we are. And real, but really, the giftedness is just to go love on people. It's not for a title. It's not for a position. It's not for, you know, any, any of that. It's for us to go love people, empower people. Um, and it says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed, oh, sorry, I'm reading the other, that last part of that. I love the, the last part. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Like if you think about love, go love on people and then let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Uh, that's the shalom peace, right? You know, that's what is God's empowering in that. But uh, let's go on to the, so unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of Man. Look at, look at this. To a mature man, woman, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. When we are, the, the reality, if I'm in the body, if I'm getting equipped and built up, encouraged, and being that encouragement, being that building up, the body starts to grow, and all of a sudden, you start to mature. And guess where you mature to? You know, you mature where you know a couple scriptures? No. Where you mature where, well, you know, now I, at least I know enough, you know, to get around? No. The goal is to the what? Fullness of Christ. That's, that's what he's, that's the power of the body of Christ. I really believe that as we walk together, as we walk together in love, as we walk together in unity, as we walk together in the peace, uh, it empowers us to mature all the way to the fullness of Christ. That's what, I mean, that's the reality. You know, the, our heart is that you are built up uh, to the fullness, to the fullness of Christ. And uh, because I, lo I, I, I love the unity and I love those, uh, the, that place of maturing because God's... Uh, there's another scripture I wanted to bring out in that, uh, 1 Corinthians 14.20. I love this. I don't think I have it up there either, but you can write it down. 1 Corinthians 14.20. Brethren, do not be children in your thinking, yet in evil be infants, but in your thinking be mature. Like, come out from, I, mean, I feel like even just the atmosphere of the, the last 
especially a year and a half to two years, has tried to dumb down our thinking to actually get us to think of earthly things, to get us to, to get into this place of every time I come in, I'm, I'm kind of going back to that. I'm, on, I'm in my own preference. I'm in my own opinion. So as I speak and I declare, I'm not using the wisdom and understanding of, of God anymore. I'm using the wisdom and understanding of Mitch. And I, they, people don't need the wisdom and understanding of Mitch. <laughs> um, it's not always 100% accurate. I need the wisdom and understanding of God. And so there's this place that God's maturing us into that. And, um, and even Leanne, a couple of weeks ago, she was challenging us to get our thinking in line with the kingdom. Because sometimes my, you know, I th- I'm thinking natural realm. And thinking that, and all of a sudden the Lord will open up my eyes to see. I mean, it was just like the other day, you know, I'm sitting there in the bed and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just skipping that song. And then I'm kind of evaluating those things. They're just going on in my mind. But all of a sudden the Lord took me out of my natural to the kingdom. And he's all of a sudden, he brought me up in the kingdom. He's like, what are you doing? Why are you on the natural realm? Get up to the kingdom. These people are sharing kingdom things. They're sharing the word of God. Man. I should get to the place where, man, where I can value and honor the Word of God, the value and the Word of God that's coming out from the worship team or the Word of God that's coming out from a moderator or the Word of God that's coming out from the body that's speaking a declaration or, or, or wherever it is that I would stop and, man, just get more of this position of honor and value of the Word of God. And so I just encourage us, you know, that's what Liam was trying to, really start us off with is making sure that we have kingdom trying to get our kingdom mindsets off of this natural getting getting it off the natural all right some more of this what go on the first 14 as a result guess what happens you're no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine by the trickery trickery of men and by deceitful scheming you know that's what that's what happens when i get into the natural realm I start getting tossed. Anybody get tossed in the last year and a half? <laughs> I mean, because I mean, it was so hard not to see. You know, pandemic, natural. Political, natural. Uh, the whole riots, natural. I mean, the, everything was such in the natural, and you're trying to fight this battle of, like, where do I stand? Where do I, and you just got to get above that to kingdom thinking, kingdom declaration, kingdom thought. Um, or else I will get tossed to and fro. I will be carried away by every doctrine. I will be deceived in my own thinking. I really believe I was, there was a facet I was deceived as I'm sitting there flipping the channel because I'm thinking something that's not kingdom thought. And, and that's, like I said, I don't feel like I'm, I was doomed for darkness. I'm just saying I, I, I feel like the Lord just keeps highlighting kingdom, like get, up, get above, get kingdom thought. So no longer deceived. Think about the next part, but speaking the truth in love. <laughs> That's a good one, right? Anybody ever been there where you've, you've spoken the truth and you know you spoke the truth and it had zero fruit to it? Anybody been there? <laughs> hey, thanks, Craig. <laughs> I've been there, right? You ever gotten in that fight with uh, your wife or your uh, friend? or I mean, I had, there was this one time, I was a good friend and brother of mine. Uh, we got in this discussion, argument, 
about free will predestination. Anybody ever thought, fought on that one? And so, you know, we, and it's funny, it's like, man, I was like, I had my, um, I was expressing truth. I was, at least the truth I understood. <laughs> the truth that you understand always feels like the fullness and reality of truth, right? So I, I was expressing the truth that I had, um, you know, I, I just, but I started realizing the spirit that I was sharing it was I wanted to be right. Yeah. I wanted to my, prove my point. I wanted my opinion to be correct. And again, there's, there's this underlying thought that we all, I mean, we do want to be right on with the Lord. I mean, we want to be right on scripturally. But do you realize that thousands of years have passed and they, you know, they're still fighting about free will and predestination? And guess what? Me and that friend and brother of mine were not going to solve that in, in our interaction. And you know what it did to me? It was kind of one, one of the more eye-opening realities for me is that it actually put a, really damaged our relationship for over a year. Like, it put this wedge in between us. So, like, every time we were getting together, it was kind of like, all right, how am I going to prove you wrong and you're going to prove me wrong? <laughs> I mean, it was just that whole interaction. And I felt like there was this place that um, every time I went to the Word of God, I was just trying to prove him wrong. So I couldn't even enter into a relationship with my, with my Heavenly Father because I was so distracted about proving something right. And so it's funny, the next year uh, came back kind of the same, almost the same reality. The, ne- the very next year, almost the same point in time, he, he kind of started up a conversation thinking we were going to go there. And I just said, I, I just can't go there anymore. Like, I know what the Lord's done in you, but I know what the Lord's done in me. And we're not going to convince each other otherwise. But I love you too much, and your relationship is too important. Like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. And it's funny. Like, all of a sudden, everything broke. I got back to my relationship with the Lord. I wasn't trying to prove him wrong every time I went to the Lord. But sharing the truth in love is huge. Like, if we could, every time we thought about what we're sharing, am I sharing it in love? Am I speaking it in love? And sometimes love is tough. I'm not saying you can't share hard things. Um, but do it in love. Um, that's, a, that's a huge growth point in this place of um, growing up and maturing into Christ, into the fullness of Christ. Uh, I'm still not there. I mean, I, I still get frustrated that I don't speak love to my wife or don't speak love to my kids or don't speak love to one of you guys. And so I just encourage you in, in that. But I love this. Speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head. And I feel like we're going to, again, I'm not going to spend time on that because I feel like there's going to be a moment in the growing, we're talk about growing and into the likeness. We're going to share a big thought about that, so I'm not going to go into that. But, man, all these things lead up to growing up in all aspects, right? Does it say some aspects, a few? What did it say? Man, there's a lot of aspects into the Lord, right? I mean, it feels like it's an infinite reality. But he's saying that he wants us as a church to grow up into all aspects, into him, into him. Because uh, he's the head, right? Whose church is it? It's his. He's the head. He, I mean, your head, think about relationship to your body. Your head, your mind, your thought, I mean, it controls almost everything you're doing. It, it, it's, it's the place everything else flows from, right? 
right? This hand, it's always funny, this hand is not moving unless my brain is telling it to move, right? <laughs> Which is so weird. Uh, doesn't feel like my brain's telling it to move, but that's what it does, right? But there's a reality that it, he's the head. And I love this. It says, from the whom the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies. Every ligament supplies uh, growth to the body, a unity to the body. Um, I, I want to share, if you want to put this one down, this is a really powerful scripture, Colossians 2, 2 19. It says, let no one keep defrauding you of your prize. And then it goes on to list three things. I'm not going to, I'm going to skip the first two because, but the third one, it says, let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by not holding fast to the head from whom the entire body being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments grows with the growth from God. Every joint and ligament. Every joint and ligament. And it's kind of funny. I, I, I realized that um, this really came alive when um, about, it's back in 2003, I think. But back in 2003, I was working with Ted Dean, and we were out on a, um, a, work, a job site. And this job site was so big, they gave us these ATVs, four-wheelers, uh, to get around. And so I had gone out, and we did geological surveying, so we laid out these half I mean, like half a mile long lines through the brush and through the craziness of the forest, and somehow you had to get a straight line through a forest, which is sometimes pretty hard. But anyway, so we had a bunch of lines different places, so he wanted me to check some um, measurements on one other line, so I went way out and took the ATV, went out, and as I was coming back up the hill, there was a little washout going along the thing. So I thought, you know, I, I kind of stood up on the ATV because I knew, you know, something was, you know, it was going to do a little bit of that because, you know, it was, it was offset because kind of a little river had gone through the road. But, it's, man, as soon as I hit that thing, that ATV flipped to the right. And, of course, not a good idea, but I stuck my leg out uh, to catch it, and that's not a good idea, FYI, because you will tear your ACL, right? Because that thing uh, hyperextended my leg and my knee and immediately tore my ACL. So, so it's kind of funny. With an ACL tear, I went to the doctor, and he's like, mm, you know, he, he could just do a little wiggling. He's like, yep, you've torn your ACL. So, you know, he let me, um, the swelling go down and things go down before they were going to do surgery. So it was like a month or so. I can't remember the timing, but it felt like a month or so. So my knee actually started to feel better. And so I started kind of walking around. And, and back then I, I worked with the youth and we, we made this whole cafe. It, used, it was not bathrooms and such. It used to be just a big old storage compartment for the old newspaper place. So since we weren't using it, we were going to make it a youth, big youth room. And so I had the great idea. I was going to get a ping pong table. We used to have this you can probably see the gaps in the wall, but there's this ginormous stair step there so we could pull the ping pong table straight up the stairs. And I can still remember taking it up the stairs. I was helping somebody. Somebody was helping me on the bottom. And so I was pulling, and all of a sudden when I pulled, my whole knee came off my kneecap, right? right? I was like, okay, definitely need to get that fixed, right? <laughs> definitely need to have surgery on that ACL. Why? It's so critical. Like that one, that it's just a tiny little ligament, but man, it's so important for that knee to stay on, right? <laughs> Very important for my knee to stay on. 
And as, as active as I, I mean, without that ligament, I, I don't, I don't do that. I don't. I'm not active. I don't play volleyball. I don't do any of that stuff without that, without that ligament. And so, of course, obviously, I had the surgery. But you know, I share that because I started to realize. I mean, that's how critical every little piece of the body is. Every little part. You know, whether you think you're the big or small, it doesn't really matter. You're critical to the body of Christ. Like, so critical. Um, and, you know, so there's that reality. And, you know, I thought about this other scripture. Um, let's see, this Corinthians passage. For even as the body is one and yet has many members, all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body. So also is Christ. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not part of the body. Wouldn't that be crazy? What if, if your foot said that, well, I'm not a hand, so therefore I don't want to be a part of your body. Anybody want to go, you not be able to have that foot to walk on, right? Nobody would say that. But we do that in the spirit. We do that in the spirit. We, we'll, we'll, we'll almost uh, devalue who we are in the, in the spirit. We'll devalue who we are to the body of Christ by doing that. Um, and it says, if the ear, oh, it is, sorry, let me go back and finish that. So it says, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, it is not for that reason any less part of the body. If the ear says, because I'm not an eye, I am not a part of the body, it is not for this reason any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be, right? If the whole were hearing, what would the sense of smell be? And so I just in, in, encourage us to get rid of comparison and self-devaluation. I heard those two things specifically this morning, just in the Spirit. I wrote those down like right at the last, as I was coming here. It really felt like the Lord's saying, just break off comparison. There's none like you. There is absolutely none like you. <laughs> and you're in 100% critical to the body of Christ. Whatever, whatever season you're in, whatever, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you're critical of the body. And, and we, you go through seasons of life. Sometimes you can be crazy and interacting. Sometimes you have to kind of pull back, and, and, but you continue to stay a part of the body. Continue to ask the Lord, how, what, what piece and part in, in relationship am, am I playing, am I walking in, am I, am I seeing fulfilled? And it doesn't have to be... Um, it doesn't have to be this crazy, uh, I think sometimes we, we, over, we overdo it in our own minds. It has to be like this, or I can't start, or I can't be. And so I just want to encourage us in that. It says, but now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. I like that. Just as he desired. If they were all one member, what would the body be? But now there are many members, but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. You just can't do it. You know, that's, that's what I was doing when I was in my bed and I flipped the channel or flipped the station to the person and all of a sudden I'm, it was almost like I was saying, I have no need of this. It was like almost, I'm putting myself above them going, I, I just don't need this. And you're like, wait a second, what made me, what made me, well, who put me up there, right? I did, right? And so there's this reality, I just feel like the Lord's saying, Come back off of comparison and, and also devaluing or maybe overvaluing. Um, I think the Lord's just saying, come back to this place. He's, we have need of one another. 
Again, the head to the can't say to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, it is much truer that the members of the body which seem to be weaker are what? Come on now, are what? Did I just hear necessary? I think that's what I heard. Necessary. That ACL is, is a very small part of my body, but it is necessary. It's necessary to do everything that I, I want to do on a personal level. That's why I, I've done it twice. Unfortunately, I, I uh, had two surgeries on that same one. You should always wear your brace when you're doing things. That's the moral of that story. Um, so, but the weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we deem less honorable, on those we bestow more abundant honor. See, sometimes we're not, we don't think kingdom. Kingdom actually bestows honor on those that are less honorable. You know, sometimes we, you know, it can, it can get so easy to honor those that are already honored. And, I, and I, there's, there's a place for that. You should honor really everybody. We're all in a place where we want to, I want to honor Every, I want to honor your heart. I want to honor what's in you. I want to value what's in you. So, and, and so we have to walk that out. But, um, and so, you know, where, yeah, I'm just going to keep going. And because that there may be no division in the body. That's the reality. That's why we do this place of, if, think about it. If we all valued and honored one another, is there going to be divisions in the body? No. I mean, you have to still walk out brothers and sisters, right? Yeah, I mean, any, any family, any household, you've got to walk that out with people. But there's a reality that, you know, if we honor and value. You know, I was thinking about it, you know, that whole thing about every person is important. Anybody ever done a puzzle and you get down to the last about five pieces and you start realizing there's five pieces that are in the puzzle, but there's only four puzzle pieces left? Anybody ever gotten to that point? Come on now, what, what are you feeling at that moment? I want you to get that feeling in you for the body of Christ. Right? I went over to my mom. My mom's been putting puzzles together. and she, I, think, I think this was her. I went over there. She, put, she had put one together, and the one, one piece was missing. Of course, you go over there, and it's obvious. So I was like, oh, man. I'm like, that's a bummer. I was like, I'd take that one back and get my money back and get, the, get another one, right? Because every piece is what? It's important. It's necessary. Like you put the puzzle together and you got one last piece. It's almost like it's, it wasn't worth even putting the whole thing together, right? That's how valuable you are to the body. It's how all of us are valuable to the body. Like, so get that in your spirit. Like when you see somebody in that, all right, I got to keep going. Or else I'm not going to finish. All right, let me see if I got... All right. All right, so enough on that one. But I encourage you, God's calling us to unity, maturity, this place of growing, this place of... That's the power of the body. If I'm within the body, I really believe that the power in the body, if if we will walk that out, it's power to... to, For every... Everything's fitted, fitted formally together. And grows with the growth that's from God. You know, I really, I really, it's just been my passion all along, my heart. Uh, the fifth and final one I want to encourage you right before we do communion is just the power of his love for his bride. Right? Body of Christ is called the bride, right? In Ephesians 5, 25 through 
25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church, right? Loved the church and gave so much that he gave himself up for her. Jesus is passionate about the church, the body of Christ. Like, don't ever think that he's not. Like, and I know we have a, we have a, we have a mission to go out there into the highways and byways. Don't get me wrong. If Joe's here, he'd be like, hey, make sure we're going out there. Yes. But his heart is to bring them out there into a healthy kingdom body of believers. That's going to empower them to grow and mature and walk in that. And so that's why I encourage you. He loves the church and gave himself up for her. Like, why? So that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word that he might present to himself the church in what? All her glory. The glory is on the church. God's bringing it out, bringing it about, you know, down to the very last piece, right? The glory of the picture is in every piece, right? He's bringing that forth. Um, so, so husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes it, cherishes it, just as Christ also does the what? Wait a minute. Christ also nourishes and cherishes the church. Right? He cherishes every single person he's made. So I, I don't get that wrong. But there's this facet that he is in love with the bride. You know, you ever, I mean, the reality is you know, if, if you've been in that position that you've been engaged and you're thinking you might get engaged or whatever, I'm just saying, when you get engaged, like, man, the heart and love for one another, right, is on that. And you're waiting expectantly, trying to be patient. <laughs> but think about Christ is coming back for his bride, Right? So he's, he's passionate about it. He's setting the church apart in all her glory. So you want to be a part of that. Like you really want to be a part of that. I feel like that's our, our heart as a church. Is that we want to be a part of that together. Like the church in all her glory. And, and that's cool because I, I love seeing you all, each one of us, set apart in all your glory because it empowers the body to be set apart in all her glory. Right? That's, my, that, that's what I love about this scripture. I, I, this is my favorite scripture to share in premarital counseling because I hope it gives the, the husband a desire to see, man, I want this woman set apart in my life because in all her glory, right? Because you know why? Because when she's set apart in all her glory, it sets me apart, right? And it's not my glory. It's her, God's glory on her. You know, set, let us see God set that apart. I can't do that. Anybody, anybody, a husband, right? I can't do that. Right? But God can in you, through you, right? Empower you to do that. But think about that in reference to Jesus, to the bride. Like, that's what he wants to do. Set apart his bride in all her glory. That's what he's doing. He's coming back for a bride, right? Get her ready. You know, get ready. Re Revelations 19, we talked about that a couple weeks ago. You know, the marriage of the Lamb is coming, and the bride has made herself ready. You know, that's why we are anticipation. <laughs> that's why we keep moving. That's why we keep having hope. That's why we keep having, you know, because 
God's coming back for his bride. Amen.